Hi, this is Roland Fisher, lead pastor of Second City Church, and we hope that you're well. Welcome to our online service. We hope you leave today encouraged, full of faith, and ready to take the kingdom of God wherever you may go. We're so glad that you chose to join us today, and once again, welcome. Now, I have the special privilege today of introducing to you our guest speaker, who is really one of my best friends in the world, someone who both my wife and I have watched in action for over two decades now. His name is Pastor Reggie Roberson, and he is the lead pastor of Kings Park International Church, our sending church, which started Second City Church down in Durham, North Carolina. And I want you to know that Pastor Reggie is a man of integrity. He's a man who loves God's word, who loves God's presence and God's spirit. And he really has been ministering this word of God prophetically all over the world, both domestically and internationally for the past several decades. He actually is one who's blessed many a college student, many a single, many a couple, and many a family that are really pursuing the purposes of God together. And we thought there's no better time than now to hear the word of the Lord through this man of God, even as we continue to press through our pandemic period. So would you open your heart now to Pastor Reggie Roberson as he brings the word of the Lord to us, and let's thank God for what he's about to do. Second City Church is so good to be with you today. Uh, grateful as always, because you guys are great people. And I'm here uh, by invitation of Pastor Ron and B, who are my dear friends for so many years. I won't even tell you how many years, uh, then you may laugh at us, but we go all the way back to our college days where we dreamed about this church together and what God would do through you. So I want you to know that you've been on God's heart and you've also been on Pastor Ron and B's heart for many years. And uh, also shout out to Pastor Cole, uh, who I've also had a chance to work closely with uh, throughout the years. Uh, and here in North Carolina, uh, we've had a chance to really connect. So I'm excited. God has blessed you with great leaders, with great pastors. Uh, and I really wish I could see you face to face uh, this year. But under these circumstances, I'm also happy to be sharing with you this morning. And so I just want to jump into what I believe is a word from God to Second City Church. And as I have been praying, the phrase that I'm hearing from God is when the enemy scatters, God is at work to make the church matter. Uh, let me say it like this again. When the enemy scatters, God is at work so that the church matters. Now, what, what do I mean by that? I mean, this is a difficult moment uh, that we're all experiencing in this particular point. But God is accelerating, though, his good purposes and his plan despite the moment we're facing right now. And I believe particularly for Second City Church that God is accelerating his plan and his purpose for this church. And so I've come to you with excitement, but also with sobriety. And what this is going to mean for us in this hour, and I think we need to tune in to this. There's a few things that God has specifically highlighted to me that I want to share with you prophetically. Number one, God has been sharing with me that God is raising some of you up to be gatekeepers in this city, that he's going to put you in key places 
so that you will be able to interact with people and you'll be able to be gatekeepers and speak into the life and speak in to the policies or the decisions or the culture of this city. And I believe that God may be pricking some of you right now and you're thinking that, that that's me, that God's speaking to me about it. Another thing that God spoke to me is that he's raising you up as a church, many of you to be bridge builders. Even in the middle of social unrest and polarization politically, God says he's raising you up to stand as a representative of the kingdom of heaven, of the kingdom of God. And you will be able in that particular way to bridge the gap and to be able to share the message of the gospel and be able to also see healing take place. I believe the Lord is also saying that he's raising some of you up despite the economic meltdown to actually see the kingdom of God funded through your efforts and through your generosity. I believe that God's going to see that happen because the word says heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will abide forever. And God is about this word increasing in its influence. And I want to tell you some of you right now that he's raising you up, even at this time, giving you creative ideas, innovative ideas, creativity, so that you can actually help in the contribution of funding the kingdom. And I also believe that God is, is releasing gifts of help helps with you guys. And I, what I sense so strongly is that there's going to be a spirit of volunteerism where we want to enter into, hey, whatever I need to do, whatever I can do for my, with my time to contribute to what God wants to do through this church, I'm going to do it. I think God will speak to you about this. And, and, and last, I want to say this is I believe that God is, is, is going to raise up multiple congregations that are second city congregations here. And, and I believe that he is going to enlist some of you to help start those congregations. And, and, and at this particular time, it seems so awkward to say something like this, but we're not speaking just about the now. We're speaking about the future. And this is one of the reasons why I think it's so important as we dig into this word for us to understand that in order for us, it's so critical at this time, knowing that when the enemy scatters, God is at work making the church to matter. Listen, it's incredibly important for us to understand, have a perception that God is working at this moment and also to participate with God as he's working. I want us to take a moment to read Acts chapter eight, verses one through eight. And I'm going to be reading it uh, from the Passion Version, and some of the U Version or Bible Gateway says TPT. But it says this, Now Saul agreed to be an accomplice to Stephen's stoning and participated in his execution. Stephen was a believer and he was persecuted and murdered for his belief. It says, From that day on, a great persecution of the church in Jerusalem began and all the believers scattered into the countryside of Judea and among the Samaritans, except the apostles who remained behind in Jerusalem. And verse two says, God fearing men gave Stephen a proper burial and mourned greatly over his death. And then Saul mercilessly persecuted the church 
of God. And this is actually the Apostle Paul who's going to get become a Christian in the next chapter, verse and nine. But it says going from house to house into the homes of believers to arrest both men and women and drag them off to prison. And although the believers were scattered by persecution, they preached the wonderful news of the word of God wherever they went. And Philip traveled to a Samaritan city and preached to them the wonderful news of the anointed one or the Messiah, Christ. Verse six says the crowds were eager to receive Philip's message and were persuaded by the many miracles and wonders he performed. Many demon possessed people were set free and delivered as evil spirits came out of them with loud screams and shrieks. And many who were lame and paralyzed were also healed. This resulted in an uncontainable joy filling the city. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for every person watching. I thank you for Second City Church. Lord, help us to understand this word and apply it to our lives and to see your desire, what you have for us in this hour, in this season, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I just want to make a few comments here and deal first with our perception because this is a very critical time for the church that we just read about. I mean, the church was growing rapidly in Judea and Jerusalem. Great things were happening. The church was having a wonderful time together. They were suffering some persecution even during that moment. But for the most part, man, they were seeing growth. They were encountering all types of wonderful joy and signs and wonders together. But now, of course, Satan, the enemy, did not like that. And so he worked through some of the Jewish people at this particular time who were very religious, like the Apostle Paul, to bring about a persecution. He instigated it with the church and it culminated because there had been some before, but it culminated with the death of Stephen, who was a deacon in the church and who was a servant in the church, but mighty in spirit, mighty in faith. It talks about this and his whole hope was that when he brought about the persecution, this is Satan, that, that, that the church would scatter and become hopeless and become helpless. And that through that feeling, the church and its purpose would be thwarted. And that's really what this was all about. And see, I believe that there's a parallel here for us in this passage about what's happening right now because the enemy is using the pandemic, is trying to cause social unrest and division in our country. And we've seen it happen and take place and having economic meltdowns and different things that are happening. And he's using all of this so that he can create a sense of scattering that then will produce hopelessness and helplessness in the church, all seeking to thwart the mission, the purpose, the plan of God for the church. This is what he's after. 
but Second City Church, we have to remember, not just Acts 8-1, where a persecution broke out. We need to also remember Acts 1-8. In Acts 1-8, Jesus looked at his disciples and he told them that he had a desire, that he had a plan, that he had a purpose at work. And this plan and purpose and desire was all about this gospel, not just staying in Jerusalem, not just staying in Judea, but moving to Samaria. And what's interesting about this is before this point in Acts chapter eight, verse one, that we're reading, the gospel had not traveled to this place that was in Jesus's heart for it to travel. But oh, what we find is that when the enemy is trying to scatter the Christians in hopes that they will feel hopeless and that they will feel helpless, what we see here is that God is at work making the church matter, making the church more impactful at this very moment, at this disruption, at this time of great loss, at this time of mourning. See, when I understand and when you understand that God is working in this particular way, we have that perception that all we can have confidence to continue to live for God, to continue to serve and engage during this time. Man, when we understand this, we can have the motivation we need even in this time where it feels like we just need to stop doing things and be passive and we can have motivation to press forward, man. We can have hope during this time that God is going to produce something good. We can have a motivation for, for joy and love and endurance to continue during this time. So we need to remember this. When we have that perception, it gives us what we need. It's faith that says, God, you're at work. You're making me matter. You're making this church matter at this time and beyond this time, even when the enemy tries to scatter. Now, we not only need that perception, but and also for God to make the church matter when the enemy is trying to scatter, we need to also participate. With God. There's a few ways that God wants us to participate in this particular moment, much like we see in this church. He wants us to participate in community with courage and through combat. I want to say that again. He wants us to participate in community with courage and through combat. I want us to take a deeper prophetic look at this passage and those concepts here. So the first thing that I mentioned was he wants us to participate in community. Verse two says this, God fearing men gave Stephen a proper burial and mourned greatly over his death. Now what's interesting about that is the scripture tells us that these believers They feared God more than they feared men. And actually, although they were being scattered and persecuted, they figured out a way to mourn together. And this is so important because the believers understood that it was God's design that they fought, that they wore to stay in community and to stay close with each other. 
This is what they understood. They understood that it was God's design that they mourned together, that they rejoiced together, and that they did not allow the scattering to do exactly what the enemy wanted it to do, which is to bring about isolation and disconnection. We see in Romans chapter 12, verse 15, Paul says, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. This is what he's telling the Christian church, the Roman church to do. See, we cannot experience all of these losses and all of this pain and the various anxieties and uncertainty and fear and everything that we're dealing with. We can't experience that stuff alone. It's not healthy for us to do that without having people to express what we're feeling to, what we're sensing, and to process with them instead of us suppressing them and allowing our emotions to take control over us. Because when that happens, we start to play into the enemy's hands. No, no, no. We need the people of God around us to express the process, to hold up the word of God to us so that when we're processing our emotions, we can process them in a godly way, the way that brings glory to God. And that's what these men were able to do with each other. These people, they join together, they mourn and process Stephen's death. See, the enemy would like so much to bring about isolation and for us not to do, not to be with each other, not to be in community. It reminds me of some of the things my son and I watch at times on, on the Disney Plus channel. We, one of the things is a documentaries about animals and we're watching these episodes about hyenas and, and jaguars. And I'm thinking, man, the jaguars are going to eat up these hyenas, man. They ain't got nothing on the jaguars. But then you start to look and you find out the strategy of the hyenas is to be a pack, to stay together in a pack and to basically run these jaguars away so that they can start to scatter. And when they scatter, they are isolated. And when they're isolated, they pounce on them as a pack. Although if they had stayed together, then they could have destroyed those hyenas. And see, this is what we got to understand about the enemy. He wants you to be isolated and not to be in community, because if he can do that, then he can make you vulnerable. He can make you vulnerable to new ideas and, and ideas that are hurtful to you. He can make you vulnerable to oppressive emotions. He can make you vulnerable to spiritual bondage. That's what he's after. But I'm here to tell you that no matter how the enemy tries to scatter, the church has to figure out how to stay in community because the truth is, is as a church, Second City, you are better together and you can make a greater impact. You can matter. Not only is there participation with God during this time to make the church matter by being in community, it's also having an attitude of courage. And this is the next thing we see is we need to do this with courage. Verse four says this, although the believers were scattered by persecution, they preached 
the wonderful news of the word of God wherever they went. Philip traveled to a Samaritan city and preached to them the wonderful news of the anointed one. Now, listen, before the enemy brought about this persecution, what we find is that the lives of these believers and the lives of and Philip's life looked very different. It didn't look like this. In fact, the believers, I would dare say, they served, they loved Jesus, they received the gospel. Maybe they shared it occasionally here and there. But man, this, this was not how it looked. And Philip, actually, he was a deacon. He was responsible for caring for the widows and making sure that they got the food portions that they needed. Acts chapter 6 tells us this. So their lives look very different before this particular moment. But what happens here in this particular moment is that they both, the believers here and Philip, exhibit a priceless attitude of courage. They have courage. And they're, they're, they, 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 could have just, they could have just said, you know what? We just want to be like we've always been. We want to do what we always have done and just totally remain stuck where they were in their mind based off of the past. But instead of doing that, they take up courage and they say, no, no, I know I have weaknesses. I know I'm not perfect. I know I even have some fears related to the persecution that's happening. For us, it's the pressure that's happening all around us, the uncertainty of the economy, the social unrest, the pandemic, and everything that's going on in our personal lives. But yet, despite that, they said, we're going to allow the Spirit of God to lead us, and we're going to take a step of courage and continue to share and to serve and take it up to a whole nother level than where we were before the persecution broke out. That's remarkable. And not only did they decide to do that, to take that step of courage, participate with God to, to, to make themselves matter, to make the church matter and participate with God in that. They also decided that we're, we're going to step out and do things we've never done before. We're not just going to stay stuck here. I, I, I don't know about you, but I've had to get used to some virtual platforms that I haven't been used to. And, and that's OK, because I want to be in the middle of the purposes of God for this time. And I want the church and my, my life to matter for the glory of Jesus Christ. And if that means I've got to learn a virtual platform or I've got to keep zooming and I might be feeling a little zoomed out, but I got to do it. I'm going to do it. Because God is calling me in this moment, calling you in this moment to have courage to step out, to see new areas, step out in new areas and to see greater displays of God's power. I mean, God, the enemy, what he hopes so much would happen is that you would be discouraged and that through the discouragement that you would not want to act courageously. That's what he's after. The enemy did not want them to go to a new level. And I'm so encouraged by a young man during this particular time who said, you know what? I've dealt battled with with in and out with drugs and I felt discouraged in my life. I felt lonely, but I need to take a step of faith. And he came up to me after one church service. We were able to meet uh, in lower numbers here live and 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 also 
um, social distancing and do all that in our church service. He came up afterwards and he said he wanted to, to receive the filling and the baptism of the Holy Spirit after our service. And so we had a chance to pray with him. And as we were praying with him, every time we asked for the Holy Spirit to fill him on a hot summer day, the, the, the wind of God, literally physical wind would blow on him. And it was like he was getting the message that God wanted to do something new in his life. And when we prayed for him, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He started to pray in the spirit and a heavenly language for the first time. It was amazing. And then what amazed me even more is that this act of courage led to him being able to see something different and, and, and have the courage to, to start to believe that he could do something different. He actually, at that particular moment when he was baptized in the Holy Spirit, filled with the Spirit, he, he got a vision. God gave him a vision of running on a track. And then he saw as he was running on the track that he, others joined him. He was running on the track with other people. And then after that, it says that, that, that he, he saw lightning bolts come under his feet. And he said, I don't know what all this means, but this is what God is showing me. And I told him, I said, think about this. I have a question for you. I said, have you, uh, have you ever felt purposeless? He said, absolutely. He said, I'm, I said, well, now you're running on the track and God is giving you purpose. That's what that means. You have a clear path. You have purpose. And I said to him, you know, have you ever felt lonely? Have you ever felt isolated? Like you didn't have anyone around? He said, yes. And I said, well, God is bringing people around you. That's what that is. They're running with you on this track and these people. And then, and then I asked him, have you ever felt helpless? And he said, absolutely. I said, well, listen, that lightning underneath your feet is the power of the Holy Spirit that you just received when you were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And now you have power. So here's what God's doing. He's giving you his power. He's giving you his people and he's giving you his purpose. Praise God. Praise God. Some of you right now needed to hear what God spoke to that young man because it's speaking to you right now. God's giving you that. Believe in him. Trust in the Holy Spirit. God will do great things because here's the thing is when the enemy scatters, God is at work so that the church matters. Here's the last thing we need to do. We need to participate by having or being in community. We need to participate with courage, but we also need to participate through combat. I want to talk about this for a moment. Let's talk about that combat. That sounds like a warring word. Some of the men listening, you're like, yes, you know, whatever. But here, here, here's what this here's what I'm talking about here. Verse six, it says the crowds were eager to receive Philip's message and were persuaded by the many miracles and wonders he performed. Verse seven says that many demon possessed people were set free and delivered as evil spirits came out of them with loud screams and shrieks, and many who were lame and paralyzed were also healed. See, here's the thing about this is sometimes in moments of disruption, sometimes in a moment of crisis, we can forget who the real enemy is. We can forget this. And then we can start combating something that we shouldn't even combat. I think about this when this whole pandemic broke out. I don't know about how it was in Chicago or the surrounding Midwest area. But for us, man, people were in lines and they start to fight over toilet tissue. 
They start fighting over the last eggs. They were fighting each other. Now we got people fighting over mask wearing versus not mask wearing. We got people fighting over, are you a Republican? Are you a Democrat? We got people fighting over so many different things. Should kids go to school or should they stay out? I mean, fighting, fighting, fighting. And I have to tell you that the enemy is okay with us fighting, especially if we're not combating and fighting him. Oh, he's happy about that. He's fine with it. See, here's the thing about this. Listen, if we, when we fight the wrong things, then we get distracted. And the enemy can continue to keep people in brokenness and in bondage. He was hoping that that would happen in Samaria, but they wouldn't allow it to happen. Paul tells us this in Ephesians chapter 6, 12. It says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. You've seen social unrest. You've seen ethnic division in the country. Let me tell you, that is choices of real people, but it's instigated by powers The spirit of mammon or greed, money, the spirit of division, it's instigated by this. He says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers and rulers and authorities and and over present, this present darkness against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Listen, we need to combat the enemy by letting God's word Cut every chain of deception and despair and discouragement for which he tries to make us passive so that we're not able to do what God's calling us to do. Man, sometimes the news that we watch, the shows that we encounter, the social media, all of the different things contribute to the enemy's rhetoric. We need to be careful of that. Man, we need to push back the spirit of division and fear and despair through persistent prayer. Don't stop praying. We need to do that. Man, get the scriptures. Get the Bible. Put them in your mouth and start to declare them every single day out of your mouth. We need to do this. We need to combat the enemy by being generous with our money, even during this time. And serving the city, serving our neighborhood and our schoolmates. Let's not shrink back from this. Let's figure out how we can do it. I appreciate that we're connected with a with a Hispanic congregation. And we together have decided, man, we're gonna feed people in every single week. We're feeding somewhere between 40 to 90 families through a food pantry that we've developed. We're trying to figure out in this time, how can we combat the enemy and advance the kingdom of heaven? I'll tell you what, we also need to combat the enemy with the real message that needs to be propagated during this time, even in this election year, even with all the things going on, I tell you what, there's not a better message than the message that Philip preached. Philip went sharing this message. It's the message of the good news of Jesus Christ, that God became man 
in Jesus Christ. And this Jesus lived the life we should have lived, a perfect life. He died the death we should have died in our place because of our sins, because we have done wrong, because we've lived for ourselves in rebellion to him and we haven't loved each other the way we should. But it says that after he died, after three days, he rose from the dead. And that proved that we could trust everything he said and that he is the son of God. And now, at that particular moment when he rose from the dead, he ascended to heaven to reign over all. And that means even now, even in all the things that we're seeing, he is ruling, he is reigning, and he is working even through the enemy's attempts to scatter us. But he also offers the gift of salvation. Oh man, with this gift of salvation, we get forgiveness of our sins, the things that we've done wrong. Man, with this gift of salvation, we have the power we need to receive healing and health in our lives. We have the power to see healing in our land, to see Satan and his spirits of division, his minions of, of, of disease and infirmity and, and, and greed. All of those things can be broken through the power of the Holy Spirit and through Jesus Christ and what he's done when he's given us salvation to make us whole to save us man we have salvation to, to to see people who have been in bondage break free and start to rejoice and that's the whole point is that this is the message that Philip brought that listen the answer to some of the things we're experiencing the division the unrest some of the uncertainty oh man salvation is the answer for this and if we can give this to the city oh the city can rejoice. And this is what we want. It says that there was great joy in the city. I want to tell you right now that because many churches have gone to live stream, people all over who would not normally know this good news are receiving it. And closed nations right now, college students who've been reached with the gospel are going home in the Middle East, in Asia, in other places, even in America. And their parents are listening and tuning in with them. And they're giving their lives to Christ. And they're discovering this great joy, this great peace, this great person, Jesus Christ, who we are able to worship and serve because of the salvation he brings, being God. See, it's the church that perceives that God is at work in moments of disruption. It's the church who participates with God. It says, God, I know that when the enemy scatters, you're at work making the church matter. This is a call for you, Second City, to participate with God. To be in community. Do everything you can to do that. To have an attitude of courage. Being willing to step out. Continue. Serving. Finding new ways to do it. And to fight the real enemy. To participate in combat. 
for the Lord Jesus Christ against the instigator of sin, darkness, division, greed, destruction, death. I want us to take a moment right now. I believe that God is speaking to you at this moment. And I want to pray for you as a believer. And then I want to pray for those who don't know God, who say, I, I, I'm not a follower of Christ. But let me pray for the believers. Father, I pray right now, if you're viewing right now, just lift up your hands. Put down the coffee, put down the tea, the bagel, whatever you have. Just lift up your hands. Receive from God now. Just like that young lady, I believe the Holy Spirit is coming on you at this moment. I can sense it and feel it. Holy Spirit, touch them. Give them a special endowment during this time to know and believe that you are working. Help them to see it. Lord, even in their own lives personally, let every spirit of darkness and evil spirit that tries to oppress be broken now. In Jesus' name. And let freedom come to your people to proclaim this good news, to live for you with courage in community to combat the enemy. In Jesus' name. Now I want to pray for all of you who don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. He is the Lord and Savior of all. That can't be taken away from him. But do you know him? All of this is about Jesus. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Just say, Heavenly Father, thank you for creating me and loving me. I confess I'm a sinner. I confess that I've done wrong. Now, Jesus, I put my faith in you and I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. Now take my life as I make you Lord of it, the boss of everything. And the Holy Spirit, allow me to live for you even during these times, even when the enemy tries to scatter. Lord, help me to participate, to perceive that you're making my life matter. Give me courage. Help me to be in community. Help me to combat the real enemy. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we hope that you were able to enjoy the Word of God that came through Pastor Reggie Roberson. Again, this is the Word of the Lord to us, that God is moving us from a place of scattering to mattering, even in the midst of the pandemic. And we want to encourage you that even throughout the rest of this week, please join our community groups through which you can join with other believers in pursuing Jesus Christ's kingdom purposes, even as we continue through this pandemic period. We also want to encourage you to share this link so that others might be blessed by the word of the Lord that's come to us today. We also wanted to say that next week, as we come back together for our virtual worship service, if you would, please do bring and invite another friend who needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. We want you to know that we're praying for you. We love you. God bless you. And we'll see you next week. 
Have a wonderful week in the Lord.